Romans chapter number 6. I'm just going to read the first two verses, and then we'll turn over to the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and read three verses, okay? So here we are, Romans chapter 6, verse number 1 and verse number 2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now, I want to read, especially verse number 2 again. The question is asked that should we continue in sin so we get more grace? Is that what we should do? Paul said, God forbid. That's not at all what we should do. He says, how shall we that are dead to sin? Now, remember over in Ephesians, it says that you were dead in sin. Now he says we are dead to sin. And uh, he said that we should not live any longer therein. I realize that is a question mark, uh, but I'm, I'm kind of rephrasing that just a little bit. He says, no, not at all. We should not, as believers, continue in sin. If you believe that, say amen on this quiet Sunday night. Uh, Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 6, and uh, verse number 7 and 8. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth, If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if he, but if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Let's pray tonight. Father, we again thank you for this day. We thank you for, Lord, the prayers that have been lifted up. Lord, for the requests. Lord, we pray again for those that stand in need tonight. We thank you for the good songs the congregation sang. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for bringing these folks, Lord, your people here tonight. And God, we thank you also, Lord, for the service that we had this morning. God, we're thankful for that altar that we can come to here in this church. And we're thankful, Lord, for, Lord, the preacher telling us that there, there should be an altar at our houses where we can go to. And, uh, Lord, I've often thought about how that our altars should be a a uh, uh, maybe even just a spiritual place where we can go, and and that's no doubt true. We can pray anywhere, but Father, I pray that there'd be a, a revival of altars in this church's family, Lord, around the house, out in the yard, Lord. I pray there'll be a stack of stones, or there'll be something, Lord, where we can go individually or collectively as families to go and pray for God. We're so thankful for the message today. Now, God, we ask you that you would help us tonight as we try to preach on this thought about sin. We ask you that you would give us grace. We pray that you would give us compassion and give us wisdom, Father. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know this. Normally, I try my best to to try to have all the Scriptures at hand and where I can just click on them and and give them to you quickly. But I want to take a little bit more time tonight. And uh, we'll read several passages, so you keep your your Bibles open, and we'll 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 tell you where we're going just as quick as we can. But in our two text verses, we find that there is sin or wrongdoing mentioned. In Romans chapter six, we're told <clears throat> that we are not to continue in sin just so that we can get more grace. In uh, Hebrews chapter number twelve, we're told that uh, those that continue or those that sin, they are chastened, they are chastised, they are uh, disciplined by God the Father. And uh, then it says, if you're not disciplined, then you're not one of God's children. Y'all, y'all got that from the scriptures, right? And so tonight, I want to try to preach on this thought: when a Christian sins, when a Christian sins. Sin is uh, it is still a problem in uh, the believer. We know that sin in and of itself that began way back in the garden, it made the cross necessary. Now we understand that, that before the foundations of the world, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, was slain. We understand that through God's Word. But the reason that before those foundations were formed, that God ordained the death of His Son is because He knew that sin would be ever-present in man's life. 
And even as a believer, as someone that trusts in Jesus Christ, we find that there is still sin that occasionally creeps in to our life. And and in doing sin, in committing this sin, I'm glad that we can also know today uh, that God provided, John said, a lamb that taketh away the sin of the world. And I'm thankful tonight that it's just not one time that God has to forgive. I wish it was one time that God had to forgive us and we were just good to go from then on. But Nathan, I'm glad that when we do sin, that same lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world and that lamb that John saw that taketh away the sin of the world, I'm glad, Brother Kirk, that when we do sin in today's time, how that God has provided a lamb and a way of escape and a sacrifice on Calvary and the blood that can redeem us and the blood that can cover or atone uh, that sin. So sin is still a problem for the believer. Uh, But we also know, according to the Bible, uh, that when we do sin and we do confess those sin, that somebody help me, that it is gone. Amen. We talked a little bit uh, yesterday, Saturday, I believe it was. A Bible study yesterday in Romans chapter number three, it talked about the law and, and it talked about grace or it talked about really, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, what was the word? The, uh, uh, the righteousness of God and how that the law, Galatians said the law was a schoolmaster. It told us what was sin. But thanks be unto God that He again provided a lamb as that sacrifice that revealed to you and I the righteousness of God. And through that righteousness of God, our sins are no longer covered, but they're done away with. They're blotted out. They're forgotten. They're gone. Amen. And so we, when a Christian sins, we have to have that knowledge that that sin... I, woo, that, that, well, David, I know you can't run, but I'm about to. Hey, I'm talking about when a Christian sins and we confess that sin, we know that it's gone. Also, we see that there is security of the believer in Romans chapter number 8, verse number 38 and 39. It says, For I am persuaded... That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm glad that this security of the believer, it gives us a security in God's love. It is God's love that we first read about in Bible school or in uh, uh, in in children's church or in Sunday school. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Tonight I want you to know that 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 believer, they are secure in the love of God. Jesus loves me. This I know. It is not just a waning, passing love, but I'm glad that it's for all eternity. It's in and out. Whether you're in sin or out, it's up and it's down. It's, It's wide. It's thin. Times, Hey, the love of God secures us. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 4, I believe it is, verse number 30, it tells us that we are sealed by God's Spirit. Verse number 30, it says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. So we see that this security of the believer... It tells us that we're secure in God's love, but it tells us that we are sealed by God's Spirit here. It says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whereby or through, because of the Holy Spirit, it says you are sealed unto the day of redemption. We can dive headlong into this sealing all we want to, but just know that that when it is sealed, there is only one that can open it. Amen? And uh, there, there's no need to try to open it yourself. There's no need to try to walk out of it. There's no need to try to pry the seal open. You're sealed unto the day 
of redemption. So we're secure in God's love. We're sealed by God's Spirit. But i got to say it again. We're secured in God's hand. Over in John chapter number 10, uh, verse number 28 and verse number 29. You know this. You've probably heard it all your life. It says, uh, and I give unto them eternal life. Somebody say amen for eternal life. And uh, it says, they shall never perish. Somebody say amen that you'll never perish. It says, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Go ahead, while we're on the stick, go ahead and say amen that nobody can pluck you out of God's hands. Amen. I feel like I'd love to be able to talk a little bit more about this. Uh, just the simple fact that God says that heaven, uh, the Word of God says that heaven is God's footstool, and yet folks are still trying to, to jump out of God's hand. It ain't going to happen, honey. If, if the earth is God's footstool, then we're too little to ever, ever, ever plod the long, lonesome path to try to get out of His hands. But He says that no man shall plug them out of My hand. Are you a man, Jody? Then you're included in that. Miss Denisha, I know you're not a man. I'm not trying to be funny. But you are of mankind. Don't, don't, can't nobody pluck somebody else out and can't nobody pluck themselves out. It ain't going to happen. I'm, I done, been done, got too big for my britches, but honey, I can done tell you right now, I ain't big enough what I can undo something God's already done. Amen or not, I'm taking it and running with it. We are secure in God's hand. Over here in 1 John chapter number 5, verse number 13. Let's quickly look and see what it says over here. 1 John chapter number 5, verse number 13. He says, excuse me. He says, uh, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. You are secure in God's hand. If you are in God's hand, you are safe, honey. There ain't no need to worry. Ain't no need to doubt. Ain't no need to fret over it. Hey, may as well just get in there, hunker down, and say, Bless God, I know I might have done wrong. I know I might have said something. I know I might have looked at the wrong thing went to the wrong place, but I'm in Him. He's in me. I'm a part of the vine. Hey, I'm a part of the vine, and then can't nobody pluck me from there nor His hand. Amen. So, number three in our introduction, there is an error, though, of the believer. There is an error among believers and some believe that the Christian has a license to sin. I, I wish I'd reworded this. Matter of fact, I said believer. In my notes, I've got Christian. There's a lot of folks that, that claim to be Christian. And I've told you this before. They claim to be Christian, but they ain't. That's all there is to it. That, that, there's, there's some folks just ain't. To a lot of folks, that term Christian means that they're not. They're not Muslim, or they're not a Buddhist, or they're not this, that, the other. So they identify themselves as Christian. <laughs> I can identify myself as a woman, but that don't make me one. I'll give you that one for free. Throw a little Dean shoulder roll on that one. <clears throat> we was with Brother Jonathan all day, and he, between Brother Bill Williams, his daddy, and Dean McNeese, he's ruined. I'm talking about he is ruined. You probably saw a lot of things that Brother Dean has done in him. And I'm ashamed to say, not not so much, but I'm ashamed sometimes to say that I get some of my character actions from him, whatever they're called. But here he says, or I've got it written down, that there's a lot of folks that that say they're Christians and they have a license to sin. I do not know... Anyone, I, I'm talking personally, I'm, this is a broad statement, this is a blanket statement. I personally do not know anyone that claims and acts like a Christian, alright? In, in my mind, that they truly are a Christian that believes they have a right or a, a license to sin. I don't know anybody. I do know some folks that, and I, I told them in Bible study yesterday, 
I do know some folks that claim to be a Christian, and they do some things that I believe to be sin, and we've preached on those on Wednesday nights, and they continue in them. There's a whole lot in this continuing in sin. I believe this continued sin is, is a pretty good indicator that you aren't a Christian. These folks that consistently falling into sin over and over and over and over and have pleasure in them, I worry, really, Brother Kenny, are they truly a Christian or not? Are they truly a believer or not? But there's a, there, there still remains a group of believers that they feel like they're, they're going to heaven, everything's okay, and they can do whatever they want to, and they can get forgiveness. Here's the truth of the matter. Kurt, if they are saved... Yes, they can get forgiveness of it. But remember what Hebrews said? If they are saved, which that makes us heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, it makes us sons of God. And so if we're sons of God, over in our text, in verse 6, 7, and 8 of Hebrews chapter 12, it tells us that if you are one of God's children, He's going to whoop you if you do wrong. And I'm sad to say there are these folks that have this mentality of I have a license to sin. I wonder, Brother David, are they really one of God's children? Now, on the other side of that, there's some folks, some people that call themselves Christians, the, the believers, that they believe and <laughs> they believe that God has lowered his standards in 2022. Can I? <sighs> That's how I feel about that whole situation. You go over there, as far as I know, Isaiah chapter number 6 is still in the book. And it was God sitting high upon His throne. It was the seraphims that flew around and they were flying with two wings. They covered His face with two wings. They covered their feet with two wings. Why? Because God was holy. And they said so. Holy, holy, holy. And uh, it was it was the anthem of heaven that God is holy and He's still holy today. Brother Terry, months ago, what helped you through that difficult time was saying those, those that one word three times. Holy, holy, holy. Might have said them 27 times, I don't know. But it was holy, holy. And Brother Jim, He is still holy. Can I tell you all something tonight? Whether you believe He's holy or not, He still is, Brother Sonny. If a thousand people believe a lie, guess what? There is still truth somewhere. It doesn't make that lie true. And there's, there, there's folks tonight, they have the misconception, well, I can sin because God has lowered His standards. And, and, and I've thrown away quite a few NIVs and HCSBs and RSV Bibles and all these other things. And, and I'm not going to preach on that tonight. Y'all know where I stand on that. But... I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of versions of the Word of God that have taken out so much of God's majesty and His holiness and His sovereignty and His and the blood of Christ. It is an absolute shame. And so folks continue to believe the lie that society has given that we can live whatever lifestyle we choose and still be okay with God. No, honey, you cannot. You look through the pages of God's Word from really about the third or fourth page of, of the King James Bible. You're going to find God said, no and he meant it. And when God says no, there ain't no if ands, or buts about it. We had the missionary family through the house and we had a little, I guess it was a little pound cake or something. Other. And uh, one of the little kids came up and they got one. They went back and they came back and uh, 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 Miss Sarah um, said, what you need? She said, can I have another piece of cake? She said, no. And the, lady, the little girl said, yeah, okay. And walked away. And Lori said, did you see that? And I believe she was calling out one of our girls. I'm not going to name which one it was. But she said, did you see that? She said, no. And that was the end of it. Listen, when God said no, that's the end of it. And, but we try to build on, the, but can I do this? But can I do this? No, God said no. So, what, what are you to do as a Christian when you sin? In case you didn't catch this, God's standards has not diminished at all. That happened. Neither should the Christian standard have diminished. 
but the Christians' standards have. So, when a Christian sins, what are we supposed to do? I, I did not witness Brother Dean say this. I've, I've heard some of you testify about this. Brother Dean said when a, a person gets saved at a young age, oftentimes the worst sin that they will commit in their life is after they are saved. And guess what the devil does? The devil comes in he says, Hey, if, if you were really saved, you wouldn't have done that. And the whole while the Holy Ghost is saying, Now, you know that was wrong. Now, I need you to say this. The Holy Ghost and the devil, they don't even sound the same. There's something, y'all were talking about the Bible reading app. Nathan, you remember talking about that? And, and if that, on that Bible reading app that, or the podcast, the devil will get up there and he'll, he'll, he'll say kind of in a little sly voice, hath not God said, thou shalt not surely die. Kind of draws it out. Got a little demonic voice. But then, now this, this has been produced. I understand that. But when I start listening to the devil, that's what I hear. It really is. But then the Holy Ghost will come up. And the Holy Ghost will talk real tender-like. Even when we're in trouble, Brother Sonny, God's been tender-like. He said, now, Jamie, you know what you've done was wrong. And we're going to have to deal with it. Now, the old timers used to say, take us behind the woodshed. God done put the woodshed outside the front door. He said, just walk out there, boy. And I, yes, sir. The Holy Ghost and the devil, they don't sound nothing alike. But we, sometimes we listen to the devil more than we ever listen to the Holy Ghost. Because he's got a whole lot more to say. I'm going to explain this. Miss Sarah said no. I think it was Marie. Was that the one? It was one of the two girls. She turned around and said, okay. Mama, let's just say Mama's the Holy Ghost, said no. One word. That settled it. Now, they didn't catch this, and they kind of shut me up. But I was saying, well, what kind of cake did you get first time? We had chocolate and we had strawberry. So, Brother Jim, my thinking was, well, I'm just trying to help the little child out. If she got chocolate, Mama let her get the strawberry one and the other way around. Well, they just squashed that because Mama said no. And that was it. See, the Holy Ghost might say yes, or he might say no, or he might say stop, or he might say you're settled, it's done, it's Finished. I gotta say it. Tetelestai. It's done. It's paid for. Final brush stroke is on. The masterpiece is done. It's done. But then the devil, he'll start saying, well, I, I, I know what you said and, and I, I know what you've done. Remember, he is the accuser of the brethren. Somebody help me right there. And, and I, I know what you did. I know you've been at church and I know this and I know this about you. But, uh, you see, he's talking too much. That's one of the key indicators of the devil. Is talking to you and not the Holy Ghost. I got to go. Let's, let's go on. What are we supposed to do when a Christian sins? Notice this. Notice that sin will affect your fellowship. In 1 John chapter number 1, verse number 7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful, somebody say amen, and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Sin will affect your fellowship. Now, you go back through those those scriptures, it says we're walking in the light as He is in the light, right? We have fellowship one with another. Why? Because the blood of Christ, His Son, it has cleansed us from all sin. So... Sin is going to affect your fellowship. Fellowship was ordained by God. You go back to Adam. God created the the angels, but God wanted man. God created man. Then he said it's not good for man to be alone, so he created woman. And he gave them a relationship together. And then next thing you know, God said, now you, you multiply. 
Okay? And we find throughout Scripture where God has put people together. He's ordained a fellowship. And even with Himself, God desires that we have fellowship with God. It's been said over and over again. But when we pray, that is us praying to, that is us talking to God. But when we read the Word of God and we, we meditate upon His Word, that is God speaking to us. So God desires that we have fellowship with Him, but when we sin, it affects that fellowship. Over in Romans chapter number 13, verse number 13, we're talking about this, this fellowship. And here he speaks of darkness in chapter 13. He says, uh, let us walk honestly as in the day, let, or not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. So walking in darkness is going to destroy fellowship with God. He said, let us walk uh, with honesty. Over in uh, Ephesians chapter number 5, verse number uh, 1 through number 8. I, I probably won't read all of this. It's a, it's a long list, but it says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also have loved us, and have given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But then, notice what it says in verse number thir- uh, 3. But for uh, fornication, and then you go on verse number 4. Neither filthiness, uh, uh, for, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient. It's not right for the Christian, the child of God. Uh, but then it goes on, for this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of... Does that say the children of God? No. It says the children of disobedience. Who, who, who is the father of children of disobedience? It is Satan. You're the father, your devil is what he says. He says, but be ye therefore partakers with them. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness. For now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. We've said it again. We've said it before. If it was dark outside, we can close the doors. We can turn the outside lights off. Uh, we can turn the lights off in here and all these different things. And we would find that it would be darkness. And just one small little light drives darkness away. He says, he says, hey. And Ephesians, wasn't it Ephesians? Maybe it was Romans. He says, walk in the light as he is in the light. And here he gives this long list. He says, y'all better not do this. He says, but you need to be the light. I love what he says, for ye were sometimes darkness. Not in darkness, not of darkness, but ye were darkness. Ye were darkness. But he says, now are ye light in the Lord. If you're trying to be light all by yourself, you're missing the mark. Not going to happen, not going to work, but light in the Lord. Sin will affect your fellowship. Isaiah chapter number 59, verse number 1 and 2. Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2. Notice what the Bible says over here. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither His ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you that He will not hear. There's a, a, a break in fellowship here. Sin will affect your fellowship. Number two, what happens when a Christian sins? Number two, sin will affect your family. I'm not going to turn there. You can, you can turn there. Second Samuel chapter number 12, those first 14 verses we find that uh, that David has already committed the sin with Bathsheba. We find that he not only committed the, the personal, intimate sin with her, but we find that he tried to hide it up. He brought her husband from the front lines, and then he that failed, and so he put him on the front lines, and he had him killed, essentially. Now, in, just, in chapter number 14, or chapter number 12, rather, uh, David is watching his wife go through childbirth, and uh, it's not looking good. And we find that eventually that the child dies here in chapter number 12. 
David's sin was put away. I believe David was, was the man after he tried his best to figure it all out. I believe somewhere along the line he got it right. Now, Nathan, the, the pastor, the preacher, he said, thou art the man. He, he told him why this is happening. He said, thou art the man. But I believe between the preacher pointing him out and the time that this was all said and done, way back at conception, I believe that David had, had tried to make things right with God. And in that time, maybe, I mean, there's nine months between conception and, and birth. There's nine months. And so Kurt, he had nine months to, to really kind of get over this sin. Well, I, I've done this sin. I've confessed it. It's forgiven. Now I got to go, go beyond it. I got to move on. But the problem is there was still, there was still a problem. Sin is going to produce something. Now, now, Paul said sin produces death. <clears throat> what happened here? It produced a death. It was forgiven, but there was still a penalty there. And his family was affected. Notice that the child died. We know that. The Bible says that while the child was sick, he fasted and he prayed and he tried to find another answer. He tried his best to figure out how to make this boy live and he died and he washed and dressed himself and he got back to normal because he knew that the payment had been paid. Sin is going to affect your family. Sin will affect by example. This kind of goes back to our previous of our family. What do I mean by this example? There's an old children's rhyme. I'm not go through the whole thing, but be careful little feet where you go. Remember the, the father is looking down. The father sees. Be careful little feet where you go. Be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little mouth what you say. Why? Because there's others that will see. There's others that will follow. <clears throat> the things that, that I used to say, the things that I used to do, and the things that I used to crave, when I, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't smoke. But I tried it, Hunter. I tried it. I liked it. Died. It was rough. But the reason I did is because my daddy did. The reason I cussed is because my daddy cussed. The reason I, I, I looked at some of the horrible things that I looked at is because of the example that I had in an uncle and a cousin, and I'm sad to say, even a man at church. <clears throat> By example. And so when you're, when you sin, there are others that are watching you, maybe basing their own next decision on what they see you do. Sin will affect by example. I'll say this just quickly. The family, your family, they will see the inconsistency. If you're, if you're sinning, you get it right, and then you, you, you get connected with the Lord again, and everything's going well, and then you sin again, your family will notice this as well. It's important, it's important as a child of God not to take a license for sin. Number three, sin will affect you physically. People are scared to death to say this, but I, I'm not. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, I've said this before, I say it in my dying days, the scene here is communion, but the issue at hand that Paul's dealing with is sin. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, he's talking about this cup. He's talking about the body and the blood of Christ in communion. He said in verse number 27, don't drink unworthily. Verse 29, he says you eat and you drink unworthily. He said you eat and drink damnation to himself. 
not discerning the Lord's body. Verse number 30 is where I want to be right now. For this cause, for the reason of taking communion unworthily, let's boil it down a little bit more, because of sin, he says, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. That's not popular today, that God would make someone physically sick. That God would make peace. He says sleep. That's not taking a nap. Many are dead because they had sin in their life when they took communion. And they drank unworthily. And so, if it was true then, guess what it is? It's true today. And so know today that sin in the life of a Christian can affect you physically. We look back at some examples. Samson, he had the strength of many men. But yet sin crept in and grabbed a hold of his life. He lost that strength for a long period of time. Sin. Sometimes when we sin, our mind begins to entertain things that we know are lies. Can I help you tonight? I, I, and, and I'm speaking to you of somebody that has doubted my salvation. Praise God, I got it nailed down quite, quite a few years ago. But I doubted my salvation because of what God saved me from. I, I couldn't get a hold of the fact that God would love me. I couldn't get a fact that God, I couldn't get a hold of the fact that God wanted me. I saved when I was 12, Hunter. There's a lot of things that you, you've yet to figure out about what I was saved from. But, Brother Jody, I, I doubted that I was saved because of the things that he had already forgiven. I doubted because of my yesterdays. I doubted because I, I had these thoughts that, 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 God didn't love me and God couldn't love me and there's no way that God would ever love me because of what I did. But reckon where those thoughts came from. They came from a mind, number one, that was still young. They came from a mind that was infiltrated by Satan, our enemy, and I gotta say it again, the accuser of the brethren. He is a liar. He is the father of lies. And I listened to the words that he said. I wish I could tell you where I got it nailed down. I don't. I, I, that, that I know of, I've only ever made two professions of faith. The one in Hollister at that Awana meeting. And then the one where I truly got saved on the back bump of my daddy's truck. As far as I know. But I'm telling you what. I, I never worried about that first one. All that first one was words. I knew that from the get-go. All that, Miss Tabitha, all that, it, that was just nothing. But man, I kept going back to the back bumper of my daddy's truck. And I'm like, but God, this is where I got saved. And the devil would say, well, if you were really saved. And so I'd deal with it. And I'd get all tore up. And I'd say, but God, I, this is where I... I remember, God, I don't know what I said, but I remember asking you to forgive me. And I remember feeling that peace, that, that comfort in knowing that you had saved me. And then all of a sudden, here's that devil again. And I'd listen to him again. How many times have we got to be lied to before we finally just say, wait a second, I ain't going to believe nothing you ever say. But we do it over and over and over and over again. And I wish I knew where I got it nailed down. I, I don't know. But I know without a shadow of a doubt that I got saved on the back bump of my daddy's truck. And God loved me so much, He's kept me through all these years. He loved me so much, He brought me up out of all that mess. He loved me so much, He's not allowed me to look back. He loved me so much that when I do doubt, He comes real quick and He whispers, but you're one of mine. He loves me so much. He will let me sin. He doesn't want me to. He will let me sin. But He loves me... Mm. He loves me so much that when I do sin, here's the number one why come, why for, I know I'm saved. Because when I sin, God chastens me. 
Caitlin, I can't go do whatever I want to do. I was talking about them funny glasses at the restaurant the other night. It has all that, that alcohol in there. Man, them, they, they look, them things look, make, they, they make them things look good. Got that sugar, whatever it is around the top of it. Got that pretty umbrella with a scrawl sticking through it. Man, I tell you, it looked good. But one drink, I guarantee you, brother Sonny, one drink is all, all it would take and I'd be fell off the wagon, dragging behind it. I ain't never, never been on the wagon bus. I've never had a drink in my life. But one drink's all it would take. And it ruined me, who I am. It ruined the testimony that God's given me. And I'd have to start all over again. But I can promise you this. One drink, and the Holy Ghost would be on me like white on rice. I'll go a step further than that. When I start entertaining, mm, that looks good. Holy Ghost said, yeah, uh-uh. It might look good, but you can get a Kool-Aid down at the house for, for a whole lot cheaper than the Mara. What are them things are called? Margaritas. The Holy Ghost deals with me before my mind and my flesh ever kicks in. That's how I know that I've been born again. It's not just okay. Uh, Jamie, go do the Holy Ghost. Not saying just do whatever you want to do. I'll be here to clean up mess. No, Holy Ghost is there grabbing me by the nap of the neck and saying, "Stay out of it. Don't fall in that pit. Don't go there. Don't do that. Don't watch that. Don't speak that. Don't say that. Don't drink that. Don't do that." And if I ever do, if I ever do fall into that, the Holy Ghost is there to clean up the mess. But the Holy Ghost is there to say, "Now you're one of mine." Now get up. Get up. Let's clean you off. The Holy Ghost puts something in me that wants to say more than I'm sorry. I'm sorry sometimes just don't cut it. We need an apology. We need to know that we've committed sin. I can't go to God right now and say, God, if I've ever committed a sin in the last 24 hours, will you forgive me? I don't know that God's really going to hear that. I believe God needs to, and I may be speaking that term, Brother Joey, but I believe God needs it named. He says, confess your thoughts one to another. Not just, Lord, forgive me of my sins, in Jesus' name, amen. You're weak. It's trifling. But when we name our sins, I, listen, listen, I got it, I got it, I got it right here, right here. Where was I at? We're talking about talking about our minds, talking about when we sin, it, it affects us physically. We saw that in Samson. We, we saw that with David. But we also, we believe these lies. Listen to me. Uh, uh, Philippians 4, verse number 8 and 9. I'm fixing, I'm fixing to give you something. I'm going to the house. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, don't believe a lie. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Verse 9, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. You know where you can find all those things in verse number 8? Right here. You don't have to look anywhere else to find praise and virtue and things that are just and honest and true. You don't have to look any further than right here. And so when you begin to believe a lie, go back to 1 John chapter number 1, chapter number 2, chapter number 3, chapter number 4, chapter number 5, and look how many times God uses the Word in His Word about knowing what God has done for us. Go back to those verses that talks about eternal life and everlasting life and being sealed into the day of redemption and that no man can pluck you out of my hand. When you begin to believe a lie, go back to the only thing that is true in God's Word. This conclusion here. What should a Christian do if you are, if you do sin? title of the message is, When a Christian Sins. Now, if you sin, what should you do? First, 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. 
verse number 31. If y'all can get a song of invitation, I'll call you up here in just a second. 1 Corinthians 11, verse number 31. Remember we read verse number 30. So, 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 so if, if you eat and you drink unworthily, and he said there's many that are weak and there's many that are sick, some even sleep. So what are you supposed to do? Well, verse 31. For if ye would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. If we should look in the mirror and make sure what we see is we is what we want God to see, we'll be okay. Instead, we try our best to to be something that we're not, and God sees deeper than our skin. God sees deeper than what we have on our backs. He sees to the soul. You can't hide it. What should we do if we sin? Judge ourselves. Our one of our uh, earlier verses, First John chapter number one, verse number nine. We we've said this time and time again. He says, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you've sinned, confess it to God. It's not going to do you. It might help you a little bit to confess it to me or to somebody else, but I promise you that ain't going to get you nowhere. But you get down and you start confessing it to God. Remember, He is your Father. As a Christian, He is your Father. And He wants to know when you've done wrong. We was talking in, in Bible study yesterday. Sometimes that daddy will say, Alright now, I know, I'm, listen, I know you've done something. I know something's been done, something's wrong. You've disobeyed me. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell me the truth, Kurt. And that daddy usually is trying his best to give you grace. That if you would just confess, he would acknowledge it, he would forgive you, he'd do away with it. But too often, that little boy or that little girl, they don't ask, or they don't tell the truth. Or maybe they even lie. But they won't tell what really happened. And they'll sit there, instead of experience the grace and forgiveness of God, they will sit there and endure the wrath. Of the Father. Because that daddy will say, Well, I know you did it. Now, if you'd have just said you did, I'd have let you off. But now I've got to whoop you. You see, God wants to give us grace to help us. God wants to help us through our doubts, our shortcomings, our believings of lies. God wants to do those things. But sometimes what we need to do is just confess it to God. And can I tell you this? You don't even, you do need to confess your sins. But if you're struggling with these doubts and you're struggling with this hard time, it might just be time for you to say, God, you know I'm dealing with this. God, you know I'm doubting. God, you know I'm believing a lie. God, would you stomp out the lie? Would you quiet the lie and give me full assurance? Brother Jamie, why do you tell your testimony so much? I've said this before, Brother Joe. The reason I tell my testimony so much is, is to remind myself what God has done for me. But it seems like every time I turn a corner, the devil's right there. And I want him to hear what God's done for me. You say, oh, I'm too scared to tell my testimony. You might just find yourself down at an altar and just start telling your testimony to God. God, I remember when. God, I, God, I remember what you saved me from. God, I remember the blood that day that you applied it to my heart. God, I remember the peace that I've experienced. I remember, I remember those times that I got, I got disciplined. God, I remember those times that you put me behind the wood. I remember those times that you chasing me. God, I just want to say, I remember. <laughs> it might just, just do us good to remember.
confess your sin. Now listen to this. Proverbs chapter 28. Y'all can come with a song. Proverbs 28, verse number 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. God desires tonight to give you absolute assurance that your sin has been covered. Now, if you want to hold on to them, that's your prerogative. You can go through life miserable if you want to. Or you can just give it to God. And then when you give it to God, just, just leave it down there. And maybe, maybe you start doubting tomorrow. Maybe you start having problems tomorrow. Maybe the devil comes lying to you. And the devil is lying to you. Anytime he says, he can tell you this carpet is red, but I'd rather believe it's blue than believe something that the devil has told me. Y'all understand this? Anytime the devil speaks, it's a lie. No matter how close to the truth it may be, it is a lie. And tomorrow you may start believing that lie and you might start entertaining those, those falsehoods that the devil is, is pouring into your mind. Well, honey, go back to the things that are true and pure and just and of virtue and of a good report. Go back to the Word of God and then just confess those things to God the next day. It may happen all over again. I'm not saying you get saved over and over again. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you give it to God. And when you give it to God, say, Now, God, I gave this to you yesterday. And God, you gave me peace. You helped me yesterday, but, but God, I, I'm dealing with this again. Get the peace again. Until you finally nail it down. You see, it's not God that's confused. It's not even the devil that's confused. It's us that get confused about whether or not God's really forgiven us of our sins or not. But I promise you tonight, if you confess any sin, if you've done any sin and you confess it, God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And He only has to do it once. I can't tell you how many times during those long, long times that I doubted, how many times I started bringing up stuff from way back yonder and saying, well, God, I, I did this. God, I did, I, God, and, and, and I'm not being a, a cliche when I say this, but God did not know what I was talking about because He washed them away. I'm the one that kept bringing them up instead of just trusting in what He did on Calvary. Let's stand. If you need to come to this altar, will you come? If you want somebody to pray with you, just grab them and pray. And ask God to help.